Hello and welcome to the Saints Church Podcast. My name is Nathan and happy Father's Day to any of the dads out there. You might be listening to this and you're not a dad and it's not Father's Day, but that's okay. The word Pastor Jeremy is bringing is applicable to anybody in any walk of life. So let's listen in together as we continue this Brick by Brick series. Well, great to see you. Welcome to Saints Church Online. So glad that I get to be with you today. If you have your Bibles, turn in them to Proverbs chapter 24. Uh, We're continuing our series brick by brick, and I'm excited to share with you today on this Father's Day. Proverbs 24, verse 3 to 4 says this, Through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, a life, a home, or a family is built. And by understanding, it's established on a sound and good foundation, and by knowledge, Its rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches. Um, All throughout the Word of God, we find that there is this process for building. And I believe that for most of us, uh, I would say there's a desire to build a life, a home, a family, a future, a career. But it's important for us to remember that as we desire these things, there's also this realization that it requires growth and maturity as we allow God to work in us and build us into who we are called to become. So why don't we pray this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your goodness, for the power of your word. And I thank you that you do amazing things when we surrender ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when it comes to being a father, you can become a father naturally, but the process of being a father or growing into that place of maturity, it takes a little bit more time. Uh, I remember the day that I held my daughter in my hands for the very first time, and I looked down at this baby and at a life, and I was like, oh, shoot, I have to be responsible now. There is a new pattern. There is a new level of expectation and maturity of life when we take on the responsibility that comes our way. And, uh, you know, today as I talk to uh, some of the fathers, some of the, the dads, but I also want to speak to the men and the leaders of the house, women too, that as we look at what we are building in life and how God calls us to build, uh, as we build brick by brick, there is a maturity, there is a process, there is a Uh, a working in us that comes for us to move forward and to carry out the call, the plan, the purpose of God in our lives. And and it takes a working inside of us. It takes a maturing. It takes action in us. Uh, the, The Apostle Paul wrote this in Corinthians. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away I uh, put the ways of childhood behind me, or the, the New King James says, I put away childish things. And, and there's a season and there's a time in life where we are learning and we are growing and none of us ever stop that. But we come to a place and a purpose in life where we start to say, God, I want to be on board with purpose. I want to lead. I want to carry the vision. I want to carry what you've called me to. And, and, and men, we should be doing this in our families, in our homes. Uh, if you are a leader, if you are a mentor of any sort, if you are coaching someone, leading them along, in life, the, the drive to lead and, and bring people to a place that they've not known before, it requires a depth of maturity and a working in our own lives. And there's a, an account in the Bible in Judges chapter 4 and Judges chapter 5 where we encounter this woman named Deborah 
and uh, the leader of an army named Barak. And, and there is a call for the people of God to move again. They've been under captivity. There's this uh, evil king, this ruler named Sisera. There's been oppression. There's been things stopping the people of God from what uh, they're supposed to be doing. And, and God uses Deborah. He speaks through her at that there's this prophetic voice that it's time for things to move. It's time for the people to take their place, to rise up. And she goes to Barak and uh, uh, Barak and she says, uh, I believe that it's you. I believe that God is calling you to lead the people. And and uh, they kind of have this thing and they end up doing it together because uh, Barak tries to abdicate a little bit. And uh, But he does. He leads and, and Deborah leads with him and God does a working. But there is something about taking on the responsibility, the maturity and the purpose that God calls us to, and, and especially for men, for leaders of households, for those who need to set a tone and a pattern and a direction. And, and as we do this, these principles will apply to all of us. But as they walk through this battle and as there's victory and they eventually win and JL drives this pentag through Sisera's head and it's kind of a crazy story. You want to read your kids a good bedtime story tonight, Dad, read them Judges chapter 4. Um, but at the end of the story, Deborah has this song, this prophetic song. She's, she uh, sings of the account, but there's an interesting verse in Judges chapter 5, verse 2. And it says this, it says, when the princes in Israel take the lead, and when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. She starts the song by saying, when the princes lead, when the people who are supposed to be leaders, fathers, you're called to be leaders, uh, when the people who are called to step forward and carry purpose and vision and fight battles, when they lead and when the people willingly offer themselves to the purposes of God, praise the Lord. And, and she starts the song off by this, but we go a little bit further into the song and we realize that there is a disconnect, there was an abdication, there was a, a, a disjointedness in the people of God for the purpose and the vision and there was a whole lot of things going on. And if you go to Judges chapter 5, verse 15 to 18, it says this. It says, the princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with Barak sent under his command into the valley, into the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart, or another word is indecision. Why did you stay among the sheep pens to hear whistling for the flocks? In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart or indecision. It says, Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And Dan, why did he linger by the ships? Asher remained on the coast and stayed in his coves. And the people of Zebulun risked their very lives. So did Naphtali on the terraced fields. And when it comes to leadership, when it comes to building, when it comes to forward movement and motion, I can't promise you that there won't always be opposition. There won't be difficult times. There was oppression. There were things, but there was a call of God for the princes, for the leaders, for those who were supposed to go first. Man, this is us where we are called to lead in our families and homes to do the things that God has called us to do. But what we find here, and this is not um, <clears throat> anything new, but there was a indecision. There was a unreadiness. There was an unwillingness at times to step into the full vision and purpose and call that God was leading the people into. And, and, and I want us to know this today, that indecision, obstacles, busyness, and apathy 
just taking it easy, will always distract and deter us from purpose. You were created for purpose. You were called to live out of purpose, lead out of purpose, walk out of purpose. And what we need to remember is that indecision, obstacles, busyness, and apathy will always be wars and battles that we face in life. And we, we need to know that we are aware that these things creep in, they, they vie for our attention, and they can separate us from the purpose of God, the purpose of leading our families, the purpose of leading people into their fullness and their wholeness that God wants for people. See, Reuben, it says they couldn't decide. There was this indecision. And I think the lesson here is that for many of us, we need to make decisions before it's time to make a decision. Some of us don't make the right decisions in the moment of how to live with integrity or character or to step on board with what God is doing because we're waiting for the moment to arise. But when you've made the decision first, when the decision is difficult, you're not indecisive. There's a saying that decisions lead and feelings follow. We don't always feel like doing the things we know are the right thing to do, but indecision will stall you. It will stop you. It will break the flow of your purpose and calling in life. And sometimes we need to learn to make decisions before it's time to make a decision. And then it says about Gilead, one of the other tribes stayed east of the Jordan. And these tribes had camped on the east side of the Jordan. Uh, uh, Moses and Joshua allowed it, but they said that you have to fight with the people of God. You have to stay on board with the purpose. And and, and it was the time of year where the river would flood and it was difficult to cross. And it's kind of this picture that's like Gilead decided, well, God's calling us to break oppression. God's calling us to do great things. But at the very first obstacle, they decided, you guys, this this is too hard. We're just going to go home. I, 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 don't, I, I just don't want to fight this battle. It's easier at home. We'll just stay home. Let somebody else fight the battle. And we have to ask ourselves the question that do we find ourselves in life as, as leaders, as men, as those who are called to lead people in purpose? Are we uh, turning back and giving up at the first sign of opposition? Now, I'm not saying that opposition can't rattle you at times. I'm not saying that opposition doesn't uh, weigh heavy on us. But uh, there's got to be something about the call and purpose of God that pulls us through opposition and through obstacles to keep moving forward because there's a whole lot that depends on it. The question that Deborah in her song poses to the tribe of Dan is, why why did you stay down by the shipyards? Well, they were shipbuilders. They were busy with work. They were making a living. They were building what they were called to build in life. But can I tell you that sometimes in life we get so busy and preoccupied with our occupation, our finances, what we are building, and sometimes we forget to build the things, the purpose, the very things that God calls us to build and the things that actually create the solid foundation, not only for us, but for the future of our families. And and we have to be careful that busyness does not keep us from the purpose of God in our lives. Then you have Asher. It says Asher stayed by the seashore. Basically, he's at the beach. He's on vacation. Asher's saying, you know what? Uh, I, I, I don't feel like it right now. I just feel like kicking back, relaxing. And hey, there is nothing wrong with rest, but there is a time and season for rest and we should enjoy those things, be refreshed in those things. But there are seasons when God calls us to purpose, to war, to build, to fight, to move. And we decide, are we going to sit back and take it easy? Or are we going to carry purpose and vision 
and build and fight the way God calls us to. Why? Because we need to remember that these things are not only about us. They affect our families. They affect generations, both positively and negatively, the way we carry purpose, the way we go after things, the way we we fight the battles that God calls us to fight. Um, And our response to purpose actually has the power and the potential to affect others. This isn't just about your home and your family. This is about many that come in and they see how do we carry the presence of God, the purpose of God, the things of God. There are generations flooding into the church. I believe it because God is drawing them, but they need to see leaders and men and women and those that carry vision and purpose and walk through the different areas of life so they can learn how to walk. It's not just about us. It, it carries on others. So we need to be aware that indecision, obstacles, busyness, they affect us. They can distract and deter us from the purpose of God. But the second thing I want you to know is that God wants us to take our place so we can partner with him. One of the biggest challenges is going to be to say, I'm going to stand up, step up, and take the place that God has for me among his people So the work of God, so the purpose of God in his house, in my family, in my home can be accomplished. And if you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, in 2 Chronicles 18 to 20, we read the account of a man named Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a king, and Jehoshaphat, he... um, he was the king after Asa, uh, another great story in 2 Chronicles 16. Uh, and, and he's kind of got this reputation that as he starts his kingship, he's intrigued. Uh, he seeks the Lord in things. He goes to a battle with Ahab, who's an evil king. Uh, and he asks, is there a prophet of God? I want to hear what God says about this. He's starting to ask the right questions. He's doing the right things. He, he has some downfalls. And uh, then he starts setting up some uh, leaders and guide, guidance counselors and and, and priests that would judge the people and then that would seek God in making their judgment. And, And what he's saying is there needs to be godly purpose. There needs to be a way that we handle and deal with things and, and God will reveal it and he will show it to his people. And he starts setting those things up, but he comes to a place in life. And in second Chronicles 20, we find this place where a battle is coming up against him. And he gets overwhelmed. The, the Bible actually says that he, he was alarmed. He was disturbed by this. He, was, he had armies. He had been to war before. He, he, he had fought some of these battles, but this one was bigger than some of the other ones. And, and it says he was alarmed. So he calls on the people and the leaders to take their place and seek the Lord. And I believe that's what God calls us to do. He wants us to find our place where we seek God, where we, we take our place and we seek God in whatever season we're in. Second Chronicles 20 verse 5 says, So Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. Verse 13 says, And as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children, men should be standing with their families in the house of God. It says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. And he starts prophesying about what God's going to do in this battle and how you need to trust him and how you're going to lean into him. And verse 17 says, You won't even need to fight, but take your positions 
Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory, for he is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Sometimes we don't feel like the Lord is with us, or we don't see that the Lord is with us because we've abandoned our post and we're not in our position to see him move. And that doesn't mean we don't fight the battles alongside the Lord many times, but God wants us to take our positions in leadership, in life, in our families, and seek him to know that he wants us to partner with him. Sometimes we're sitting back and we're waiting for God to do all the work for us, but he's saying, get up out of your seat, stand up, stand in place, start seeking me, start standing at the altar, start speaking and singing and praising and moving in the direction that I've called you to and see what I'm about to do. And as the story goes on, they, uh, they go out, the, the worshipers go first, they begin to sing. And as they begin to do this, the enemy, uh, the enemy armies start getting confused and they start uh, infighting within themselves and God brings a great victory. And what I, I, I want us to see is that when we realize that God wants us to take our place, when we seek God, when we take our place and purpose, we can know that God will partner with us as we lead our families, our homes, as we lead the house of God, as we put the people of God in position to move forward and advance the kingdom of God. And today what I want to do is I want to leave us with three principles that I believe will continue, that, that, that we can use to continue to lead with purpose and pursue all that God has for us. And man, I believe that for us, we need to be the first in this area. We need to start getting in our spirit that we need to be the first in some of these areas, not playing catch up, but saying, God, I'm going to commit to these things because I am called to set an example, to lead, to get on board with the vision and purpose and what you've called me to. And whether you're a spiritual father, a natural father, uh, a leader in the house, in the church, these principles are important. And I, and I want us to remember three things. I, I want us to know that we need to learn how to lay it out, pray it out, and stay it out. Lay it out, pray it out, stay it out. This is the call of God for our lives. And the first thing we need to learn in difficult times, in good times, in, in the worst of times is lay everything that we're dealing with, that we're facing. Do we lay it before God? Do we bring it to him? Uh, there's a guy named Hezekiah uh, in the Bible, and, and this king got a letter saying that this army was coming to destroy them, and they're talking about how they've destroyed all these other nations, and, and they're talking about how can you trust God? Do you believe he's actually going to rescue you? Do you believe you're any different? And the enemy starts throwing lies that God is not big enough, he's not strong enough, there's pressure upon pressure, and there's uh, threat upon threat, and everything is falling apart, so it seems, and the enemy wants you to believe all of that. And what does Hezekiah do? Hezekiah takes the letter. He takes all the threats. He takes everything that's in it. And it says he goes to the temple and he spreads it out before the Lord. When was the last time you spread out your family, your problems, your business, your call, the directions, the dreams, the desires? Like, When was the last time you laid them out before God and said, God, here it all is? You see, you lay it out. 2 Kings 19 verse 14 says, After Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and he spread it out before the Lord. 
I want us to be a people that's willing to surrender and lay before God the things that we know we're not strong enough to carry on our own. And maybe we should lay the things that we think we're strong enough to carry before him as well. Because when we learn to lay it out, when we learn to submit in humility and surrender, we begin to realize that the battle isn't fully ours. God wants to partner with us. He wants to walk beside us. And he's promised to walk with us through the things that we face. So we need to learn to lay it out. But then we need to pray it out. Pray it out. If we go back to our story in Nehemiah, in Ezra, we've been talking about building the wall. We've been talking about all the journeys that happened, the things that happened when they built the altar, they built the temple, they built the wall. There was all of this process. And I want you to see that there was a reoccurring pattern as they prayed it out through this whole process. Nehemiah 4 verse 4a says, Then I prayed, hear us, O God. Ezra 8, 21 and 23 says this, And thereby the Ahava Canal, I gave orders for all of us to fast and humble ourselves before our God. And we prayed that he would give us a safe journey, protect us, our children, and our goods as we traveled. And he talks about how he didn't want to ask the king for earthly covering and protection. And verse 23 says, So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us. And he heard our prayer. When we go back to Jehoshaphat, when uh, we're in Second Chronicles 20, it says he called a fast and he prayed. And he started telling God about all the things that were going on. Ezra, Nehemiah, literally prayed through every obstacle, every circumstance, every position of life because they knew they were leading families and people on a journey and they were building something purposeful and legacy and life for the house and the people of God. And so what did they do? They laid it before him, but then they prayed. Talk about literally living on a prayer. We must be willing to lay our lives down and walk out our lives so humbly before God that we're saying, God, I need you. I'm going to present my petitions, my requests to you in prayer. I'm going to pray in line with the word of God. I'm going to make it a commitment in my life. I'm not going to just worry about the busyness. I'm not going to worry about the obstacles alone. I'm not going to get apathetic. I'm not going to get caught into indecision. When I find myself in those situations, what am I going to do? I'm going to lay it all before God and I'm going to pray it out and I'm going to pray it through. And I'm going to pray that God, you lead me as I humble myself and I trust you and I submit everything to you in prayer and we walk everything with purpose by God's help through prayer. So we lay it out, we pray it out, but then I need us to remember that we need to stay it out. And what I want to draw our attention to with this one is that Psalm 37 verse 23 says this, this is the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their life. And the idea here is that as we keep our hearts close with Jesus, as we keep our hearts close and soft to say, God, I, I, I'm going to lay my life before you. I'm going to be surrendered. I'm going to pray through all the things that I'm dealing with. I'm going to pray through the good things and thanksgiving. I'm going to pray through the tough things. I'm going to pray when I need to intercede. I'm going to pray over every area of my life, my kids, uh, my spouse, my work, all of those things. We're, we're going to say, God, I, I'm submitting to you in those areas. But one of the toughest things is, is that people don't stay the course. They don't stay it out. The steps of the godly are ordered 
by the Lord. He directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their life. And when we are humble and we are submitted and we are surrendered, surrendered to God, we are close to him. He is working and moving alongside us. And sometimes we stumble, we, we, we fall, but we aren't destroyed because God is walking with us. But there was this thing that kept happening in the Old Testament. You would have this pattern in the kingship. You would have a good king and a bad king, and you would have another good king and maybe two good kings in a row, and then another king. But they all had this problem. Many of them had this struggle where they couldn't walk it out to the end. They couldn't stay the course. And even Jehoshaphat, he led well for so long, and in the end of his life, he started doing some things that really were a sin and an anger to God and they they distracted him and misdirected him from purpose and and he didn't finish as strong as he could. He, He followed in the footsteps of his father. His father Asa had huge religious reforms and brought the people along and the Bible actually says that he came down and he died of an extreme rare foot disease and it killed him. And I want us to understand that if we don't watch how we walk we might stumble and fall. And as leaders, as men, as, as people of God who want to build and continue to move forward with God's purpose and his plan in our life, in our home, in our families, in our churches, we need to be those that lay things before God, pray through them, but we also need to be those that solidify in our heart. We're saying, God, I'm going to commit myself to walk humbly with you because I need to stay it out. I need to stay the course. It takes humility to do the right things because they're the right things, not just because we feel like doing them. Because we know it's important to watch how we walk. We need to pay attention to how we finish and not stop short of the purpose and call of God because there are others watching. There are others following in our footsteps. And if I could encourage you, stay the course. If we take anything into our hearts today, God wants you to take your place. But when we take our place as leaders, as men, as those who lead families, the house of God, in any area of life, you are leading people. Take your place, but Learn to lay it out, learn to pray it out, and learn to stay it out. Why? Because we want, like Paul said, to be able to say, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. God bless you. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Saints Church Podcast. This has been one sermon of many in the Brick by Brick series, so be sure to check out the other episodes that we have uploaded on the podcast if you haven't already. Have a great week.